This podcast is proudly part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more Kaiju and Tokusatsu goodness, go to kaijuramenmedia.com. Him. Shin! Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. And we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this special report, we're discussing the Shin Ultraman trailer. We interrupt your regular common Rider programming to bring you a special report on Shin Ultraman. Yes, that's mostly because we've been a little busier than expected with a holiday weekend. And I went to a con and got to meet four Power Rangers and all that sort of stuff. You'll be hearing about that in another special report episode of The Power Trip with me and Michael. So if you want to hear yeah. all about that go listen to the power trip. So we wanted to make sure that you did not go without content this week, heroes of the internet. So we're doing another special report for another quote unquote Shin Japanese superhero trailer. Yeah. So and it makes sense because we did cover the news when it was all revealed about Shin Kamen Rider. Uh, and when they do release a trailer, we will eventually cover that and do a special report on that. Uh, but yeah, we've we've known for a while and we've even talked about on the podcast that Shin Ultraman is coming. Uh, it was delayed because of COVID. But we finally have a trailer, a full trailer. We've had teasers up to now. We have a full trailer. And I figured if we covered the news about Shin Kamen Rider, it's only fair to also cover the news about Shin Ultraman. Now, this is not the, this is not the, yeah, not, this is not the first trailer for Shin Ultraman. This is the latest trailer. And I think it's getting touted as the quote unquote final trailer. It's definitely the longest. The other yeah. ones were only what, 20, 30 seconds. They were barely teasers. This one was a was full was a full fledged minute and a half, so it feels right. like a real trailer. <laughs> yeah, see, that's I think where our views on trailers are so skewed by the big Hollywood films that put out like like one that came out today as of time at the time of recording. Uh, that you know it's a big Hollywood movie and it's called a teaser trailer, but yet it's two and a half minutes long. And it's like that's yeah, not a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now there are, I've seen some, t there have been teased quote unquote teasers for American film for American Hollywood blockbusters that were only about 30 seconds, but now we have trailers for the trailer. Right. It's a little yeah. silly. <laughs> well, well, what, what, they put out fi a 15 second snippet to tell you that the trailer is coming. So it's a trailer for the trailer. Yep. Whatever. uh <laughs> that but that's why i figured now's a good time to cover it uh this as a special report instead of doing it for those other ones because those other ones were like you said only like 30 seconds so you know it didn't make sense for us to just to do a whole special yeah. report on them but this there is enough in here in this trailer to have a full discussion about so yes so i think what i'm going to do is i have 
I have the trailer. It's muted. I have it here on my phone. I'm going to like go through and kind of pause it at a few spots. If I find something worth talking about, then we'll talk about it a little bit until we get through the whole thing. How does that sound? Okay. That sounds good. Um, while you do that, right. I'm also going to bring up. So this one is directed by Shinji Higuchi. It is in collaboration with his collaborator that he worked on with Shin. Hideaki Anno. So uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying this is Anno. Anno is the co-screenwriter and the producer. Right. And which the roles were reversed for Shin Godzilla. Higuchi was the co-screenwriter and producer and Anno was the director. So they, so they, they're basically like, a he also team. directed. Yeah. Uh, Higuchi also directed the special effects. Yeah. So, so they're a team that work together. It's just, but this one is specifically directed by Higuchi. I wanted to bring that up because a lot of people are touting this as Anno's Shin Ultraman, but that's i don't want to i mean like not it's not quite i think i think ano has a lot of creative influence in here and we will talk about that but i also think that higuchi needs to get enough you know respect and stuff because he this is his Mm -hmm. film that he's directing it so Mm -hmm. uh just wanted to bring i've met shinji i've yeah i've met shinji higuchi he's a really cool dude Oh, and nice. I would love it if he came back to G Fest. I met him at G Fest a few years ago. I really hope he comes back to G Fest because he's a crazy monster loving nerd like all the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, I've seen interviews with him. He does seem like a lot of fun. Yeah. He is a lot of fun. But anyway, and this is a, I what frame one of this trailer. I'm just, I have to bring this up because I actually when I shared this on the Twitter for my my flagship podcast, the Monster Island Film Vault. Someone actually screenshot this. And is like, is this really what I think it is? I'm like, yes, yes, it is. So, in case you didn't know, folks, this is a Toho movie. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Toho is like Disney or or one of those you know in in Japan. Like they they are the big distributor. So this is being distributed. Yeah, I know by Toho, uh, not produced yeah. by. It's still Subaraya, but yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, but it's, still, I, it's just that, that's a little bit of a shock for some people. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh well, I mean that's like that's like um, the Katakawa. Is it Katakawa? Yeah, Katakawa. Uh, Katakawa you know, films yeah. uh, and Daie, you know, being distributed by Toho. It's like I mean, you know, mm-hmm. even though they're a competitor, yeah, uh, they're still being distributed yeah. by yeah, Toho. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, the the Japanese film industry is really different compared to the American film industry because in Japan the movie studios actually own some of the theaters. So it's kind of odd. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. so uh I'll just go through here our opening scene. Run forest run. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and then we get our first monster. Which is Naranga. I looked it up. It is Naranga. Yes, Naranga. And uh, I, I know some of the things that people were talking about with this particular a trailer compared to the teasers that we've gotten before is how much better the special effects look. Yes. Because this the... is not, this is CGI. It's not practical. Although some of the CGI is working really hard to replicate, to look like practical effects. Yeah. Yeah, 
There, I, uh, my friend, uh, our friend Danny Demana brought that up, and Michael even kind of wondered a little bit. Is like, is that a practical Ultraman from you know later on in the trailer? And like, no, but it really wants to look like it. <laughs> yeah, they really did want it to look like your classic Ultraman, uh, you know, guy in suit type stuff. And I, I, more power to them. I still think that. Japanese studios need to do more suitmation and and stop relying so heavily on CGI. But at the same time, I agree with you. I think the CGI does look better than what it did back when they first showed us the teaser trailer. Because the first teaser trailer, it looked really rough. And I was mm-hmm. kind of concerned about it. But I'm glad that and this this extra time yeah. that they've had to you know, between when it was supposed to come out and when it's actually coming out now, they've had time to kind of refine it. So, so I'm glad. But yes, we get mm-hmm. Naranga as one of the kaiju that we see in this. We get two in the trailer. We get two kaiju and two aliens, uh, not counting Ultraman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then uh, I've skipped ahead a few about another 10, 12 seconds or so. And it's just this montage of scenes. We see the S- the SSSP, the Science Patrol pin. We see and we see a lot of characters talking to each other. We get characters walking around hallways. And uh, like th- it was at this point, every time I watch this trailer or I'm like, I am getting so many Shin Godzilla vibes because it's basically the same creative team. And we're, so we're basically getting, this is basically the second of what people are kind of calling the Shin trilogy because right. we had Shin Godzilla. Then we got, now we're going to about to get Shin Ultraman. And then is it next year? I believe it's next year, right? Is Shin Kamen Rider. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think so it is next year. That brings up a question I wanted to ask you while watching this trailer. Do you think that this movie is going to lean heavily into the same tropes and the same tone let's go with tone the same tone that shin godzilla had i'm getting the feeling that they are definitely going to go for that same sort of tone but i don't think that i don't think an ultraman story necessarily lends itself to being told the same way that i don't get the impression that this is going to be about following a bunch of government bureaucrats around while they react to some sort of a crisis where there's an alien, you know, where there's this giant, there's this silver giant and a bunch of Kaiju running around. I get the feeling we are going to be following the SSSP. So unless we're going to, they're going to turn the SSSP into a bunch of bureaucrats, which I, I don't get the impression they're going to do that. I just don't think it, it lends itself to that. Now, I do think in terms of style and tone, we're going to get a lot of the same stuff. Well, yeah, I, I, in style, I would I, I agree with you. I am worried. I, I don't think they're going to go this way, but I am worried that they are going to do the same tone that Shin, uh, that Shin Godzilla had. Because Shin Godzilla was, for all intents and purposes, a parody um a a you know to it was to a satire of, well okay a satire not a parody yeah it was satirizing yeah, satire yeah it was satir- satirizing the the japanese politics and the way they handle crises uh and and especially specifically the the uh crisis in 2012 with the 
Um, yeah, the triple disaster. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was it? The uh, Fukushima. The Fukushima. Fukushima. Yeah. So, so, and, and so, you know, a lot of people talk about that there's a lot more politics in, in Shin Godzilla than in any other Godzilla. I mean, there were politics in other Godzilla movies, so it's all right, let's not kid ourselves. But, but yeah, where, you know, Shin Godzilla's politics, it, it wore its politics on its sleeves, essentially. And really, yeah, well, I mean, the really whole thing a, is about politics. Yeah. And about bureaucracy and things like that. So, so yeah, I, I don't want that in this movie. I don't think that's the the direction they're going to go. And I really hope that's not the direction they're going to go because I don't want that because that's not what Ultraman yeah. is. I, I think that there is a place for that in Godzilla. And I think that Shin Godzilla, while not my favorite Godzilla movie has a message that it's telling that, that works within the Godzilla franchise. I don't want them to do that with it. I don't want, I, I, I don't think Ano and Higuchi are one trick ponies who can only do one thing. And I think the people who are coming out and saying on social media that this movie is going to be another Shin Godzilla clone or another, or a Shin Godzilla clone are not giving enough credit to the creative team that, that they can do more than just that one thing. But at the same time, yeah. there are a lot of scenes in this trailer of just people walking around boardrooms and standing yeah. around boardrooms. <laughs> so I'm still a little yeah. concerned. Now, I would, now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be scenes with bureaucracy and government response and, you know, and people from the SSSP going and talking to the government and saying, we need to do this and things like that. I'm not saying that shouldn't happen, but I don't think an Ultraman story lends itself to that. I am willing to be proven wrong because Shin Godzilla made gobs of money. <laughs> yeah. One of the most profitable Godzilla films of all time. Why do you think Toho has been basically using Shin Godzilla as kind of like their go-to Godzilla design for the last five, six years is because it yeah. made them a lot of money and they, you know, so yeah. Now, I, like I said, but like I said, I don't think Ultraman lends itself to that kind of a story. Here's another thing that kind of goes into that. We do see, uh, we get a glimpse here of Alien Zarab. Is that how that you say is it? Zarab? Exactly where I was going next because I skipped ahead to that. I'm like, yeah, and Zarab, Zarab, however you want to say it. My goodness, he looks amazing. I would he does. almost. I almost, I look at this and I'm like, I want to believe that's, that, that this is a practical effect. It looks so good. I'm staring it at it right now. And I'm like, I'm like, this looks like a practical effect. This looks incredibly good. There's some mild re, I, I don't want to say reimagining. There is some redesigning that was some tweaks that were made to these creature designs from the originals from the sixties, but they're still very, very recognizable. They're not yes. radical redesigns. So, but Alien Zareb looks like Alien Zareb and he looks terrifying. I mean, I'm just staring at this image and I'm just like, I don't know where the face is. <laughs> I, I see what looks like a forehead. I see what looks like a forehead. I see what looks like eyes, but then it looks like there's eyes a little bit farther down off to the sides. Then it kind of comes down. Yeah. It's like, is that a mouth? I'm not sure. Like He almost looks like a beetle, maybe even a roach. Mm -hmm. that's standing upright it's really strange 
one of the things I love about some of the alien designs that you get with uh, classic Ultraman, your your original Ultraman, is is the the fact that you can't tell where their eyes are sometimes, and so it's hard to read a face. And I like how uh, Ag Superaya and his team in the original the 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 Showa era of of Ultraman that they really played with that of how you know our the humans have that facial recognition thing where we look for faces in things and they played around with that by giving some of the aliens a design that doesn't echo a face and purposely obscures the face and i think that's really neat so so you get that in this there's a few other alien species that have that too but zarab now in the original series zarab his plan was to convince the government to turn against Ultraman and the Science Patrol. He tries to manipulate governmental powers. So again, this is kind of leaning into it. Is this going to be a more politically charged, more satirical in the sense of how it's portraying governments like a Shin Godzilla? Well, and, I, 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 and I could see that sort of a satire working in this because you have this this towering... Because he looks like he's probably about ten feet tall. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the we have one of the human characters literally looking up to him, and so I have a feeling that you know they'll kind of play on the kind of the absurdity of how it looks, where you have this massive alien creature walking around in these very serious situations, and you know, talking with government officials and everything. So there's going to be a little bit of a kind of this weird disconnect because of how strange it looks. I have a feeling because we see him later on in the trailer where he's riding in a car. Just yeah. Riding in a car with people. It's, it's surreal. Well, my theory is that he's, he's manipulating the government's kind of behind the scenes. Like he is, he's, uh, trying to convince government officials that he's like maybe appearing to specific ones, but not to everyone. You know, he's, he's only appearing to one or two people trying to con, you know, manipulate them in the, in the shadows that, that that's kind of mm -hmm. my theory. I might be wrong. I think that would be a cool idea. Uh, but yeah, it does, it does kind of lend back to that kind of me worrying about uh, this just being another Shin Shin Godzilla, you know, is it going to be, uh, not that there's anything wrong with, like we said, not that there's anything wrong with that, but just that I don't think that the, the tone that Shin Godzilla had will fit in this. And so I just hope the tone still fits with Ultraman. Mm -hmm. I think it will because Higuchi and Ano are big fans of Ultraman and they want to do justice. To oh, it, they, so. ju they just love Tokusatsu. Oh, general. they do. They do. I mean, that's why they they're really making do. all of these. Yeah. 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 And then yeah, I, I you skip ahead a little bit and you get some what looks like kind of action sequence sort of stuff. And again, feeling very Shin Godzilla with the quick cuts and people around laptops and you know uh -huh. and and stuff like that. And you know, you see what it's presumably Ultraman drops from the sky, just like in the old show. And this is kind of a thing that I've been noticing with a lot of newer ultra shows where the ultras will transform and then they fall from the sky kind of and land on the ground. Then debris flies everywhere. So they're doing that here, but with CGI and we got our first big look at Ultraman here with people reacting. 
Oh, uh, yes. Not the greatest shot, but it's because it's got a bunch of dust around it. It makes sense, but I know some people probably look at that as like, oh, you're just trying to hide the problems with the set with the special effects. But I love that whatever the Ultraman is doing a he- a superhero landing. Like he does the superhero yes. landing. <laughs> he it's does. So cool. And then we, uh, but, but now we get to a point where we have to kind of talk about the, you know, the kaiju in the room here. And that okay. is much like with the other characters. They have been, there've been some slight redesigns to this. And what you see here is basically the classic Ultraman except with one very important feature missing and people yeah. are pointing this out basically from the first trailer on. And we got the first trailer mm-hmm. what, about a year ago. Yeah. Actually, it was more the like first... a year and a half ago or something. Mm-hmm. It was a long time ago. He doesn't have a color timer, right? Which I will tell you not having the color timer. It's actually, it's a small thing. You would think it's a small thing, but it's, it is really messing with me with this design because I feel like, something's missing and i don't know if it's because that or that classic design which has been followed by in one form or another has been followed by every ultraman design since then i don't know if it's just i'm just noticing the absence because that because that design element is so embedded in my head or if it's genuinely just throwing the design off because you have to pay attention to things like this when you're designing characters particularly superheroes i've said um, I said actually said in a recent episode of the Power Trip about how one of the things that's brilliant about the classic Superman costume design is that it's one of the most, if not the most, color balanced superhero suit you will ever see. Which is why, as silly as you might think it is, removing the trunks that, which is what DC did a little over ten years ago with the New Fifty Two, actually screwed up the design because the color balance got thrown off. Right. Because you didn't have yeah. that extra bit of red. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, the, the absence of the color timer is, I feel like it's throwing the design off a little bit because now suddenly Ultraman's chest feels empty. Mm, Even though there see, is still, I, you know, some, there's still some flourishes in there, but without the color timer, it just, yeah, there's, it's a very, I don't agree with felt that. absence. I, oh, really? I actually don't. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I think that I think the t- color timer is an important part of the character in the show, but I don't think that aesthetically it really changes much in this design. I think that he still feels pretty balanced. I think that the few tweaks that they made to his pattering and pa- patterning uh, the red patterns on him it makes him feel very uh, balanced. And also, I think that it kind of lends itself to him being more alien looking like the whole idea behind this design is he's more, he's more like an alien. He's more like a gray alien where he's more spindly, more thin, more streamlined. Um, And it goes back to the original design that that they did for Ultraman. Cause before the show started, when they were just designing the character, they didn't have a color timer on him. They, they added that once the show went into production, yeah. they added the color timer after the fact. So this is kind yeah. of a, yeah. So this is obviously yeah. a deliberate choice. And I wonder, I just mm-hmm. wonder how it's going to play in the, sh- in, in the movie, if it's going yeah. to actually. Yeah. Be... I would be curious. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would be curious to see that as well. I'm wondering if, you know, will he get the color timer later or is this an indication that 
he doesn't have the limitations mm-hmm. of the original incarnation. He doesn't have the yeah. three minute time limit. Yeah, I don't know. So it's not just the design choice that infl- that uh, that intrigues me. It's also you know, what could this mean in terms of story? Does that mean right. is this kind of a visual cue that that particular element of Ultraman is not here? Yeah. And then we get right after that to your favorite moment of the trailer. I'll let you uh, talk. Yeah. About that. So so right after that, it's my favorite part of the trailer. And it's Masami Nagazawa, the actress as uh, Hiroko Asami. She mm-hmm. she's standing there and she's looking up. And this is obviously like probably one of the first times maybe that she has seen Ultraman or whatever. Or, or maybe this is you know later on in the movie midway. I don't know. I would love it to be the the final scene of the whole movie. But I, probably not but she's looking up with this like amazed look on her face and she says arigato ultraman <laughs> yes and i just thank I you ultraman. love it yeah i love that scene i love that i was just like oh man i like i said i want that to be the final scene of the movie and it just cuts to black mm-hmm. right there <laughs> but i know it's not it's it's yeah. It just yeah or he flies away or something but then what we see in this the way it's edited and we know from from a Hollywood blockbusters that, you know, you, you can edit things together in a way on a trailer that it makes it look like three completely separate scenes all blend together. Right. So, you know, we get Ultraman lands. She looks up, says that. And then the next scene is the classic Ultraman pose and the specium beam and the specium beam just eats through a hillside. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Like a, I love that they kept like they didn't up like they updated it, but they kept that 60s aesthetic. Like it looks like something somebody would draw in, you know, on the uh, on the film, you know, to be a special mm-hmm. effect. Like it doesn't look like a, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, you know, an energy beam that you get in like a Marvel movie or a DC movie or something like that. It yeah. looks like a 1960s or, uh, effect. or even like or even like modern ultra series. Right. Right. So I I just I yeah. love that they kept the uh, the 60s aesthetic to the specium beam. And but yet like you said, it's still like it just slices through that hillside and I just love it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, they also kept the you'll see this throughout the whole trailer. They keep a lot of the old sound effects in here too, which they did they some do. of that as well in Shin Godzilla, which threw some people off and I just as a longtime fan, I just appreciated it as you know, it's just like these little homages. Now they didn't do it all the time, and I don't know how much of that they're going to do in this, but yeah, you know, but I did appreciate it. And it's not something that's unique to this. I've seen some other uh, Ultraman related things where they do still keep the old sound effects in there, oh, even yeah. if they do seem a little out of place with all the modern sounding Foley. That's in it. Like mm-hmm. I just watched Superior Eight Ultraman, uh, the Superior Eight Ultra Brothers, which honestly is one of the best Ultraman movies that I've seen. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, Travis, you should. It's actually, mm-hmm. it's really dang good. And I would, it's on my list to cover on the Film Vault, and I think it's a, it's a very worthy entry for you guys to discuss on Kaiju Weekly. I think this, it would be great for Kaiju Weekly. But nice. you know that nice. has a combination. That has a combination of modern, quote unquote, modern ultras and old school ultras. And the old school ultras have the old sound effects. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I did like the, the sound effects. Now this scene of this spacium beam, I'm just imagining this being like the, the purple laser in uh, Shin Godzilla. Again, comparing it to Shin Godzilla. I just like that scene stands out to everyone. Like that is the pivotal, pivotal scene. Use your words. Yeah, <laughs> in uh, in Shin Godzilla, and I think this is going to be that. I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be a slow buildup of like, you, oh, here it comes, oh, here it comes, and then all of a sudden, wham, and then you and you feel like when he slam, even in the trailer, you feel like when he slams his arms together to make that pose, there's like weight behind it. Like they're really doing a good job of making him feel giant not just mm -hmm. a guy yeah, they are on a small set <laughs> yeah yeah and then we get to you know how people have, uh, in the united states have kind of picked up on what you know the quote-unquote tropes now are of movie trailers where right. they all kind of follow this formula and we all recognize now like i had a friend who would always joke about how he like gotta wait for the thwom you know that bass right. drop moment you know which inception probably is the first one that really did that we get something like this here. If you know Japanese film trailers, which is about halfway through it, uh, the J-pop song starts, and we get a, a montage of you know other scenes from the movie. We see guys in what look like hazmat suits, which is again very uh, very Shin Godzilla. We see Ultraman take off and fly away, and then this is the shot where uh, our friends Michael and Danny were wondering if that was a a practical Ultraman because it does look like the little model that they would use for the flying scenes in the original show. I don't think it is, but again, it is working really hard to look like practical effects. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, yeah. Like you said, it looks exactly like the model from the sixties. Like when he would fly off, they would always have like a little yep. toy model that would just you know fly off. And mm -hmm. then he looks mm -hmm. just like that. Mm -hmm. um, I yeah. want to get to this scene of Ultraman standing well, not standing, he's floating above the water. We saw kind of a daylight version of this scene. It was one of the first uh, first screenshots of this movie that they ever released. Like you said, over a year and a half ago was him floating, kind of floating a little ways off of this bay, or I'm guessing Tokyo Bay, but it might be a different bay. Uh, and it was a daylight shot. Now, this is that exact same scene that, that we saw in that screenshot, but now it's kind of dark and there's fire and explosions behind him. Mm -hmm. And then you get just this brief moment of Ultraman while floating slow turn with it just like his arm straight at his side. So not, you know, like just almost just very alien and wooden and kind of but not in a bad way, just to make you feel kind of unnerved by how little he mm. moves he just slow turns mm. away from the flames and it's just like oh oh this ultraman is scary <laughs> <laughs> a little bit and this is again a very uh there's a shot very similar to this in shin godzilla oh yeah yeah with you know, with godzilla walking around with flames all around him in the middle of a city and everything and it, it this does, like you said, it looks very alien. It's a little bit unnerving. It's not quite as unnerving as that scene, as that similar scene in Shin Godzilla, because that is very much meant to be horrific. I'm not right. exactly sure what's going on here. 
but it no, is no. definitely creating a very strong sense of otherness with yeah. this shit with this Ultraman. This this feeling of even if he is a good like a like here to protect us, he is so above us or so different than us that it makes you question it, whether you can trust it. Like it just kind of, I don't know. It gives you an uneasiness, like you said, because of this like otherness of it. He doesn't, he's not moving like a human. He's not even, he's not even touching the ground. He's just kind of, you know, floating above the ground and just like, just turns slowly around without even moving his body. And it's just like, Oh man, I, I don't know if I trust this ultra man. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I actually was talking with some, uh, some friends I have in, uh, with a small publisher and he came up with this idea for you know, doing an anthology of short stories that were all, uh, horror pastiches of existing superheroes. They're original characters, mm-hmm. but they're horror themed pastiches. And I actually on the fly pitched him an idea for, for something like that, for a story for that, that would have been an all that would be an Ultraman pastiche. And I came up with a really fun idea for that. Oh, nice. Which to put it succinctly, because I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want any of the heroes of the internet becoming villains and stealing this from me. Basically it would be a Faustian deal. Mm. Okay. It's Ultraman, but it's a Faustian deal. Mm-hmm. But you know, so it, Sounds like we could get a little bit of something like that here. And then we get another montage of scenes with that. Look again, look very Shin Godzilla. Good Lord. Yeah. It, this feels so much like Shin Godzilla. There's that scene you were talking about with Zarab in the car. Yes. Yeah. With the car. Even some of the characters look a little Shin Godzilla ish with how they dress. And we got the one nerdy girl with the big glasses, although she's no offense to that character and actress, but she looked, you know, she looks a little bit prettier than Japanese Daria. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) But the next moment in the trailer, big moment I want to talk about is we see the new beta capsule. Yes. Now, did you see somebody shared on Twitter? How, when you take a, if you take a close look at this beta capsule, the little red dot that's in it, looks exactly like the the orb that uh the original ultraman was traveling in when he landed on earth or crash landed on earth that is true i didn't notice that yeah it's really cool looking i was like oh man that's neat i didn't notice that when i first watched this and i saw it on twitter yeah that is really cool and so it's a nice reimagining it's it's still Uh recognizable as the beta capsule but it does look much more modern compared yeah, to it, the, the one in the 60s it's it's like the it's like the doctor's sonic screwdriver they always update it they mm-hmm. always change it but but there's always those really classic looks that they go back to and 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 this being sleek and just solid silver with just little bits of accents in it is really cool i think the the beta capsule looks really really good but the character who is holding the beta capsule is not our main character, the one who turns into Ultraman. No. So, which tells me that perhaps uh, it's, it, it gets found by someone else and they're trying to figure out what it is. Cause she looks puzzled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then moving on from that, we get our next Kaiju that is also in this yep. movie, which is, uh, Gabora. Zenora- 
Gab- yeah, Gabora. Or Gabora. Yeah, who has... Uh, uh, yeah, Gabora. Gabora. I don't know. There's There are several Ultraman kaiju that have very similar names to other famous characters. Looking at mm-hmm. you, Gomera. Yeah, Gomera. <laughs> <laughs> you got yes. two that you get mixed up with. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, uh, Gabora. And Gabora is an interesting kaiju. In the uh, he has, he's a kind of a frilled lizard, but his frill opens up like a flower, and when it's closed, he can use it like a drill. Because when we see him here, he's actually kind of drilling through the ground with a, with that horn, like he's a narwhal, like an underground right. narwhal. Yeah, well, it's interesting because the original the original version of this really kind of looked almost like a graboid when he closed up the petals of his. Uh, of his uh, face. He looked almost like a graboid from tremors. Uh, yes. But, but in this, like you said, it looks more, you know, they made it actually look like a drill. So it actually looks like it, you know, serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, the, in the previous trailers, there was actually more footage of Gabora and you could actually see the, you know, see his head and everything. You don't see him quite as well in this trailer. Yeah. And that yeah. was, one of the most screenshotted images from those past trailers where people are like, Oh my gosh, look at the special effects. <laughs> right. Yeah. These are terrible or whatever. And they, you know, but now he looks a little bit better, but we don't get to see him quite as much. They showcase other things a bit more in this by comparison. And then yeah. we get a few more of these you know, wait, like wait, Shin wait. Godzilla style shots. Wait and, now, what? now I now don't want to. I don't want to pass through these really quick because this is a huge deal. This that like almost I think it's the very next scene after that the the Gabora or Gabora one where uh, a character dressed all in black hands a business card or a calling card yes. to someone. Now I want to read this to yes. you. So I found I, this is this is from Silicon SiliconEra.com where they talked about the trailer. So this is an easy to miss alien introduction. Uh, that man is the the hands the calling card. The calling card says Ambassador of the Extraterrestrial Race Number Zero, Mephilos or Mephilos. Yes. And then the voiceover that here and the voiceover line that said, which is in Japanese, but they translated on here says to consider cooperating with me for the sake of this planet. Now I, Mm. that, that threw me off because I was like, I did not expect another alien, another, I thought, I thought, uh, Gabora and Naranga and, and then found out about Zarab. I thought those were going to be it. This guy, because because Mephilos or uh, Mephilos or however you want to say his name in the original. I'm looking at uh, him right now. Yeah. In the original uh, Ultraman series, he actually uh, tries to take over the world and try and everything. Hold on. Daisy is trying to. No, no, no. Get down. Go, go, go. Oh, you fluffy butt. Um. And he ends up resurrecting a few other aliens and monsters that uh, Ultraman had fought in previous episodes to do so, to, to you know, help take over the world. It also says here that 
and it's because it's been a hot minute since I've watched the original Ultraman, but it, you know, it's saying here that he actually believes that humans are easily manipulated and he tries to conquer the world without violence. So he basically just tries to manipulate Earth yeah. into letting him take well, over, which again yeah, might be he... playing into the political stuff here. So we have one alien who's trying to turn people against Ultraman. You know, you're trying to turn governments against Ultraman. And now we have another one whose whole shtick is taking over the world without violence by manipulating people. Yeah. I wonder if they're working together or if they're opposing forces. It would be interesting if they were opposing forces because then you get kind of like a, um, a Godzilla anime trilogy thing where the two aliens races have their own agendas on top of, you know, also trying to stop Godzilla. Yeah. Um, but I yep. don't think we're going to get that because that's a little complicated for this, for just a, for, you know, a movie for a single movie. So it, him I don't and know. Zara I mean, are, I think in the right, I think in the right, with the right story and, and deft enough writing, I think you could do that. I've always thought it'd be kind of funny. You know, this is the comic book reader in me just, overthinking things i always thought it was kind of fun it's like do all of these supervillains who want to take over the world in a comic book universe do they ever kind of just sit around it's like oh look at him he's trying to do it now oh you know what happens if he beats me to it you know that's sort of you know, that's sort of a thing you know <laughs> so then yeah. i would just kind of imagine like they're all competing with each other to see who can conquer the world first <laughs> now i want to bring this point up to you because you you mentioned this now he he hasn't he has the human form now the alien form his alien form is one of those ones that i mentioned where they kind of obscure the human like face in it so yes he, you know, um now the name of this monster alien mephilos mephilos however mm -hmm. you want to say it is his name he is named after mephilos Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles. That makes yes. me happy, actually. Which is the demon who made the deal with Faust. Faust. <laughs> so you were talking about Faustian deals. Yeah, I'm actually trying to see if I can find that. I don't see that on here. But it makes total sense with that name. Actually, you know what it could be? You know what could be the case here? Travis, here's uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna here. Look at us. We're uh, we're doing the exact same thing that we make fun of YouTubers for doing. You know where mm -hmm. they you know they'll spend an hour talking about a minute and a half of footage. But uh, maybe what we're looking at here is maybe maybe Zareb is trying to turn people against Ultraman so he can take over the world. You know, manipulating people, and maybe maybe Mephilos comes in and says like, "I can make all your problems go away." Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I, yeah. just uh, here's my card. Give me a call, you know. <laughs> so he's trying to kind of see he's trying to take advantage of the situation for his own game. Right. Yeah, that would be interesting. I would love to see that because I would love to see more depth to a story than just good aliens versus bad aliens. But, you know, that there's actually like, oh, there's layers to this. There's, you know, each one has yeah. their own agenda it's, and they're working. Actually, speaking of that guy, is that the same guy in this next clip where they're uh, they're sitting on the swing sets? And he's yes. Just, like, going back yes. Swing and back and he's talking to. Dude, this guy looks like this guy looks like he could play the devil. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what they're going for. I think they're really playing up the kind of Faustian origins of the name 
Mephilos, uh, and they're kind of making him out to be like, he's the man in black who offers you a deal to, you know, solve your problems. Yeah. But at the same time, what are you sacrificing? I, I'm wondering, you yeah. know, I, I think that's going to play into this a big I, 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 I think that's really going to play into this. Um, the only thing that kind of makes me think that him and Alien Zarab are working together, uh, Zarab, Zarab, I don't know how to pronounce these names. I And it's been a while since I've watched Ultraman, so I'm sorry, listener, if you are a huge fan of Ultraman and I'm mispronouncing them, I'm sorry, but I'm trying. Um, but the only thing that makes me think that they are working together is that in the original Ultraman, when Mephilos shows up he uses like illusions to project and bring back a -hmm. few aliens he brings back baltan uh kemer which i don't remember what kemer looks like i know baltan i know baltan yeah just by name but i don't remember kemer who is kemer kemer oh he's the one with the one eye okay or or, yeah Mm -hmm. the weird sock head um and and zarab was also one of the ones that he brought back so so he used quote unquote used uh alien zarab in in the original series as kind of like a way of manipulating an illusion people. of him yeah 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 so maybe uh, maybe he maybe he's ultimately maybe he's actually the main villain of the whole thing and everybody else is a pawn but he, maybe but no one knows that yeah and yeah. yeah and maybe zarab's not even not even real in this we're just like oh look it's alien zarab they've got alien zarab maybe that's just an illusion yeah. being created by this you know, yeah so this he can manipulate alien. things to his own liking yeah 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 like zarab it's- and zarab gub gabara like all the rest of them are just uh-huh. you know, they're either illusions or they're his pawns but nobody knows that he's the real mastermind and he's coming yeah. in and taking advantage of the whole thing. Be like, here's my card, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I can make That's why I was like, <laughs> I did not want to co- I just pass by this. You were, you were kind of, you know, jumping uh, through this right. scene. I wish I hadn't passed over it. <laughs> it was like, no, yeah. wait, this is an important scene. <laughs> because what does yeah, it mean? Yeah, that's right. Because I did see on here, I saw here on this, on the wiki page, it's like alien Mephilus. I'm like, okay, we'll come to that in a second. But I didn't realize that that. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah, it makes me wish I could read Japanese. And then like oh, and then we got the swing set scene which uh-huh. it just looks crazy looking at that now. And then, you know, we get I'm guessing this is uh, Shin Hayata, although I don't think they're calling him Shin no, Hayata in this. No, he's not called that. He is Shinji Kaminaga. Kaminaga. Yeah, and then it looks like he gets uh, totally Will Smith by one of the ladies. So it's yeah <laughs> i don't Mas- no idea Masami what's going Nagasawa. on there but it's not good she looks yeah. very upset with him <laughs> yeah yeah she, he gets slapped by a song then we get some more uh we guess yeah then we get some more ultraman flying we get uh, another really interesting shot of uh, of uh, zareb where it looks like he has some sort of looks like uh, some sort of engraving on his hand yeah, I was I trying exactly, to slow it down. I don't know exactly down. how to describe it. Yeah. It's it's it looks like a a spirally kind of almost like a star map on his hand yeah. that is glowing with dots all around. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to I'm trying to figure out just by looking at it, I mean we'll figure it out in the context of the of the movie, but I was trying to figure out if that was like an actual like design that was uh that was like a pattern in his hand. Or is it just part of like his alien races, like, you know, 
maybe it's just like a suction cup and it just it's a little bit more yeah i don't know but it looks but it's glowing and it looks like he's reaching for something and i don't i guess i just have this image in my head of him reaching for somebody's face like he's gonna put it on their face yes god only knows what's gonna happen He's going to go all, uh, I was going to say Michael Morbius on and somebody and just like drain the life force oh, out no. of them through his hands. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Or maybe, or maybe he does then he can, uh, he can uh, alter their minds or something like that. Like Maybe, he, or maybe yeah, that's it, him like, creating an illusion. Yeah, that could be, that could be. So who knows? We're just a couple of fanboys just theorizing at this point. Yeah. yeah we're pulling our best YouTube here, you know, but, yep. and then we get another shot of Naranga. Oh, and then we yes. get, here's a shot. Here we go. Here's a shot of Gabora with his head uncovered. And now he's got, yes. they actually gave him a couple more points on here. Uh, it used mm-hmm. to just be four. Now he has six, but he has the two on the side that are act, look like actual spikes. Yeah, and his face is kind of very skeletal. Yes, yes. Now, the interesting thing looking at this is that even with all of these foot, with all this footage that we're seeing, we actually haven't seen, maybe, I wonder if they're hiding this, because we actually haven't seen Ultraman really get physical with these monsters. The only thing we really see him do is stand around, float a little bit, fly, and shoot the specium beam. But we we don't see him do anything else. Yeah, earlier when we saw when when we first saw that scene of Gabora um, drilling through the ground, it, it there's a quick quick shot of it like charging towards Ultraman, but like you still don't see Ultraman actually do anything. He's still he's just standing there as Gabora is charging towards him because uh, mm-hmm. you kind of see Ultraman in the background as it's kind of you know charging towards him. So yeah, you're right. We haven't mm-hmm. seen him get physical so is there going to be the monster wrestling quote unquote that that ultraman is known for yeah yeah which would be i would be curious to see how they want to handle that because if they're kind of taking this approach where he seems i'm trying to figure out how to how to how to describe it where because it's kind of like Shin Godzilla in that he seems almost because Shin Godzilla is very indifferent toward humans until they actually inflict enough damage now i don't think that this ultraman is coming across quite like that but he also seems you know very statuesque he stands very straight you know uh you know especially when he you know when he stands up you know until he does things like the specium beam when he flies he's very straight so i don't know if you know this kind of almost you know this kind of otherworldly being would suddenly get into monster wrestling yeah, I don't know. They just could, that of, could just be stuff that they're not showing in the trailer. Right. I mean, is he kind of above it all because he's just so powerful and so beyond, you know, our understanding as human beings, you know, as an alien uh, that he's just kind of above it all. I don't know. I, I think of Dragon Ball Z where like sometimes the characters become so powerful that they just stand there while people punch them because they're so powerful that it doesn't hurt. So they just stand there. They're not even bothering to block or, or anything. It's mm-hmm. like, is, is that the level that this Ultraman is at? We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would be an interesting dynamic for sure, because they're certainly keeping with the classic Ultraman story. And we see that when we get toward the very end of the trailer, after a few more Shin Godzilla style shots, where we get the classic, you know, the classic Mm -hmm. shot of our hero holding up the beta capsule to transform. 
and in you know we, no wait wrong yeah, basically series. and he's <laughs> yeah wrong series yeah but he's definitely human so i'm like yeah you know, what would it be like to be you know this avatar for this incredibly powerful otherworldly being you know yeah you know, that's an interesting concept to play around with ask moon knight you know, <laughs> yeah basically you want to talk about american henshin heroes there you go and then yeah. we get the last shot the last shot of this not only do we have the the close-up of him holding up the beta capsule and transform but then we see the actual transformation we get a we get a modern take on the classic ultraman rise and i have to think that this has to be toward the end of the movie uh-huh. like because he's rising out of debris. So I'm just sitting here thinking, it's like, I bet I know what happens. Like, they're, they're at the end of the movie. The monsters are trashing the city. And our hero is buried under debris. And he barely gets the beta capsule. And he's able to just barely activate it. And then we get this heroic moment where he just comes out of the, out of the debris. And he's like, okay, beasties. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just, yeah. after watching this trailer again and again, uh, I am so excited for this. Now, I've gone on record. I've gone on record as I'm not as big of a fan of Ultraman as I am of Kamen Rider. Um, I, I, you know, and, and I'm I'm fine with that. Like, Ultraman, especially Showa-era Ultraman, just doesn't do it for me the way that Kamen Rider does. But this movie looks ridiculously good. Uh, I mean, just from the trailers, it looks mm-hmm. good. I'm excited for it. The actors that they have in it, I haven't seen stuff that they're in, but I have talked to people who have seen stuff that they're in, and they said they are really good, and they're very glad that um, the American audiences are going to see them, uh, you know, in 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 a context where they actually get to see how good they are. Um, so yeah, that's it's all ex- it's really exciting. It's being released May 13th. In Japan, we still don't have an American release announcement. We don't, and we don't know if it'll be theatrical or if it'll be straight to Blu-ray. Because I mean, I know Mill Creek is releasing the is releasing everything Ultraman onto Blu-ray, but I, I mean, they can do that, but I don't think they have the resources as far as i know to try to get a even a limited theatrical release for this thing it would have to go through another company i don't know who that would be other than maybe funimation because they got shin godzilla released because of the connection to ano so i could see them potentially trying to do that here to appeal to that anime audience but right i don't know i can't promise all of you and i said this on the henshin twitter if and when this gets released, because I have zero doubt that this will get a stateside release. I just don't know how. Regardless of how it gets released, we will cover it on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, we will definitely cover it. We will def- definitely, definitely cover it. Um, yeah, I... I... I really, really hope that they get an actual theatrical release because I think it's it's worth seeing in theaters. But just will they will they do it? You know, that's the thing. That's really the question that's come down to is is the money there that they're going to feel like it's worth doing? We don't. I mean, Shin Godzilla was successful. It was very successful, even as a limited run release. 
In fact, in some markets, it had its run extended by an extra two weeks. It was richer just to be two weeks, and in some markets, it was extended another two because it did so well. That's true. That's true. But there is a huge difference for American for the American market between a Godzilla movie and an Ultraman movie. <laughs> yeah, admittedly, for, Ultraman for, does not command the pop culture recognition that Godzilla does in the States. I admit yes. that. You know, but at the same time, again, you market it to the anime crowd, you market it to the superhero crowd because superheroes are still popular. It's probably waning. I think it's waned a bit since uh, since Endgame, but it's it's still popular enough. I think you could at least pull some of those audiences in and have a successful limited run. I don't think this is going to work in a wide release. It's too niche. No, but, yeah, it's too niche. But I think I think you're right that if you if you get Funimation or one of those types of of uh, ones to do to be the distributor, like with Shin Godzilla, and, and what what gives me hope for something like that is because um, we've talked about we've talked about on my main podcast Kaiju Weekly um, how this and we didn't haven't talked about it on here but but that they that the studios and the japanese companies are actually working together to create a a crossover type thing that is the new heroes what is it called new heroes no 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 it's called shin japan heroes universe oh shin japan heroes yes 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 so it is a combination of uh evangelion rebuild the Evangelion rebuild mm-hmm. movies, Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman, and Shin Kamen Rider. All of those together are uh, collab. They're all of those are collaborating together, and the studios and people who are working, you know, who are behind them, are working together to create merchandise and special events and tie-ins for all of these for all of these movies uh, together. So because now they have they have actually come out and said hey shin godzilla shin ultraman and and evangelion are combined together and collaborating together not not in the same universe you know but in a meta sense of in the real world they're they're a collaborative thing mm-hmm. they're now all tied together they can say, well, you know, if you're an Ano fan, if you're, you know, Evangelion fan, if you're an anime fan, if you're a Godzilla fan, you might like this. And then so they'll push it more and they might even push it as the creators behind Shin Godzilla and Evangelion. You know, they might yeah, even do that. I could see And that. if they do that, then it might actually work and, and have a good, a, a decent release here in the U.S. But that's mm-hmm. all ifs. Mm-hmm. That's all ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's... It'll be interesting to see what the next few months show us. And as disappointed as I would be at not being able to see this in a movie theater, I would be very happy to just have Mill Creek release this on a good Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I really would. Now, I think it deserves to have a theatrical release, and I hope it does get a theatrical release. I mean, Marvel did publish an Ultraman comic. There's got to be a market for it. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, I, I think I mean, it's possible that this could be successful. Yeah, it's uh, there. I mean, we it's hard for us to say what will and won't work and what is and isn't a market because we're so embedded in this. You know, we are this fandom, the the you know, the niche we are deep in the niche. Uh, so 
you know, it's hard for us to have an outward look of, you know, it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, this is well, I'm going to buy my ticket. So obviously everyone's going to buy my buy a ticket. It's like, mm, eh. yeah, <laughs> you know, no. so it is hard for us to say. But I do hope I do hope that uh, it does get an American release. But like you said, no matter what, if it does get an American release or a theatrical release, I mean, or if it's straight to Blu-ray through Mill Creek, whatever. Either way, when we do get it stateside, we will cover it on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you may have to cover it twice. <laughs> you may have to cover it on Kaiju Weekly and on here. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. We. We. I am. I. Uh, we're and I gonna... may have. I'll have to consider covering it on the Film Vault. <laughs> it's going to be one of those ones that plus uh, Shin Common Rider, all those ones. That's going to be just like. Uh, we're we're gonna cover on every podcast that we have just because (laughs) they cross over with everything that we do (laughs) yeah yeah cross over with all of the things except it'll only be like three people covering four shows or something (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) oh man but yeah so i think i think with that we can close out this special report um i don't have my normal spiel in front of me so i can't really give my normal spiel but uh, i just want to say thank you for listening to the henshin men we are a tokusatsu appreciation podcast we normally if this is your first time listening to us we normally are covering week to week an episode of common writer except for the few times that we didn't and we covered a movie instead um but but uh most of them we're, we've been covering going through the original common writer series uh two episodes at a time and when we finish that we're going to be moving on to a new tokusatsu series japanese uh action adventure superhero series so that's what we normally do you can follow us on twitter all of our social medias will be in the description below i'm travis you can follow me uh on twitter and you can check out my uh my other podcast kaiju weekly where we discuss monster movies and giant monster movies i'm also the co-creator and co-owner of kaiju ramen which produces kaiju ramen magazine uh and also is the parent company behind this podcast and this podcast network so you mm-hmm. can check out kaiju ramen media.com to learn more about uh the magazine and everything else that we do at kaiju ramen and I am Nathan Marchand. My main podcast is the Monster Island Film Vault, which you can find on any podcatcher and on the, you can find us on all the socials, basically. And the, the website for it is monsterislandfilmvault.com. It is a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through Tokusatsu. As weird as it sounds, it is actually an academic film appreciation show. I have a master's degree in English and I approach every it's mostly movies, but occasionally it's TV from, you know, with that in mind. So uh, looking into the history and the culture behind each one of those films and television shows and how that brought about, how it brought all of that about uh, with the goal of enhancing everyone's viewing of it, particularly if they're foreign and or classic films. And you also get some, you know, some audio drama elements thrown in there for good measure. So there's a bit of a story going on as well. And then, obviously, not besides Henshin, Henshin Men, I am also a, a frequent contributor to 
<laughs> to Kaiji Ramen, and I co-host another podcast in the Kaiji Ramen Network called The Power Trip, a journey through the Power Rangers franchise with our friend Michael Hamilton, as I mentioned earlier. We're going through the Power Rangers franchise one season at a time and doing very extensive deep dives into each one of them and showing that there's a little bit more going on with the with these shows than a lot of people realize. Yeah, and we will be back covering Common Rider next week. Uh, same common time, same common channel. Uh, and yeah, so <laughs> to close out this episode, I'm just going to say Arigato Ultraman. This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC.